Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. BJ Howes Meadowland, the coast tradies choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. We're live at Shelly Beach. Uh, I've got to say, a beautiful offshore breeze blowing. The ocean looks magnificent. I've never seen Shelly Beach Golf Course look better than what it is today. Absolutely picturesque. We've got the paparazzi right in front of us. There he is. Someone taking snapshots of us. Uh, Look at Jess Grimwood. Let's paint a picture because we're on Radio Buttes. Yeah, it's hard for people to see you back home. Like uh, our listeners. (laughs) What's standing right in front of you? Adonis, some people. A beauty in a South Sydney Rabbitohs jersey. Green and is it Myrtle? Cardinal and Myrtle. Cardinal and Myrtle. What's Cardinal? Sounds like an old woman's jacket or something. You're talking about the greatest rugby (laughs) league club. Let's let's just call it green and red. All right? The mighty bunnies. And they're going to have – how exciting is it? We've got Ray Arrow here as well. Yeah. Who is the father of Jairo? And I'm, I know I'm still in your thunder here, but that's exciting in itself. Yeah, we're about to go to Ray Arrow, but mm. uh, you would have heard BJ Howes at the uh, top of the show. Steve Dawson and Danielle, the team are on board, oh. and, and we've got this. Uh, we've got this special message from a guy who, well, he played with the West Tigers, your old club. I played Butes. with him. I actually played with him. Yeah, point scoring machine, mm. and now he's a multimedia celebrity, also a commentator. And uh, Joel Sugarcane has got this message for BJ House. Just a quick cheerio going out to Danielle and Steve from BJ House. I'd like to say welcome aboard team and thanks for becoming a part of the SEN team and you are now an SEN stable mate looking forward to the journey as I'm looking forward to the NRL Grand Final. Now who do we see winning this? Go the Mighty Panthers. The Mighty Panthers to win the Grand Final. Champion playmakers win Grand Finals and I think that Nathan Cleary he can shoulder them. You get that? He's got the crook shoulder. He can shoulder them into the Grand Final and win the Premiership for the Mighty Penrith Panthers and the Clive Churchill, the boy from Dubbo. No, not Matty Burton. Isaiah Yo. Enjoy the Grand Final guys and thanks for joining SEN and say hello to the team at BJ House. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Joel came with a welcoming message for BJ Howes Meadowland, the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Uh, check out BJ Howes. Uh, we love them, dudes. And, you know, the word on the street is that you're going to become like a guinea pig for BJ Howes. Any kind of new equipment that they've got, we're going to do things on the show that we've never done before that involve you. Maybe I'll tell they, you what. You might be sawed in half. I will be a guinea pig and... Those whatever new pieces of equipment they come up with, there's every chance that they'll probably be used incorrectly when I'm trying to test them out. That's yeah. all I know. We'll road test. What do you think, we'll Jess? Test. Well, we'll test out if the instructions work well too. See what happens when it hey, all unpacks. Instructions. That's not my go. <laughs> Just open it up and let's have a go. Let's hey, see yeah. what happens. We've kept this guy waiting too long. And uh, Ray Arrow, great to see you, my friend. And uh, how are you feeling on the eve of your son playing in his first ever grand final? Yeah, thanks for uh, letting me um, be on the show. Yeah, appreciate it. Um, well, I probably won't get any nerves probably till to, tomorrow when it comes a bit later. I'll have to stay off 
you know, stay off the drink for a little bit. I'll probably start <laughs> probably six o'clock. I might start. So I'll six, be able to see the six a.m. Six six p.m. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Good idea. But no, looking forward to it. Um, yeah. So I just spoke to him not not long ago. He's about to do the captain's run at ten o'clock. So yeah, he said he's they're all excited. Yeah, you know, uh, a disrupted preparation in some ways, Butes. We'll talk about that as the show unfolds. Like, are we, we going to talk politics again? Uh, well, we'll talk, uh, you know, cases in Brisbane and what, what's going to happen there. Let's hope that everything's okay. Yep. R- Ray, I mentioned his first grand final. What about through junior footy? Because he played with the famous Burley Bears on the Gold Coast. Yeah, well, he started there. Um, we moved up from Sydney, from Greystones to there when he was uh, seven years old and we went straight to Burley. I don't um, probably that took him to under seventeens until he uh, won a grand final his last year at the club. So he spent ten years there and uh, yeah, finally got one before he uh, left to go to Brisbane. How is this moment for you, Ray, in relation to you know your son who is sorry your son who is um, playing in his first grand final? He's obviously tasted Origin. How does it compare from your perspective, seeing your son perform at the top level? Um, what emotions are you going through? Uh, you've been you've been there before in terms of the the origin yeah, stuff, but yeah, um, well, probably the, it doesn't start hitting you until the games really start. And we, you know, it's uh, you know, it's it's pretty hard to watch. Yep. Because you're always you know you want your kid to do well, and uh, tomorrow's probably not going to be much different. But I don't, haven't been in this field yet with the mm-hmm. grand final, so yeah, as I said, I'm just looking forward to it and just waiting for kickoff, and then. then yeah, the news hopefully will go by then. Yeah, we're talking to Ray Arrow, his son Jai, about to play in a National Rugby League Grand Final with the mighty South Sydney Rabbitohs up against Penrith. Let me just ask this. Mm. He went through the famous Kebra Park High School system, and uh, I loved it the other day. There was a former coaches. Uh, you know, I played against Kebra Park when I was at Palm Beach Corumban. And uh, it was before the spear tackle was outlawed. <laughs> How I walked away from some of those games, I mean, they were phenomenal, Keeper Park, back in the ni- 1980s. Yeah, it's, um, look, it's that and then, as you said, PBC, they were the two top teams up there on the Gold Coast. And Jai grew up at, uh, on, in Palm Beach and went to Palm Beach Junior School. But I, I just left that decision up to him to see where he wanted to go. And it was one of the teachers who's now Brisbane, Kurt Richards, assistant coach with Kevy. He um, was the one who lured him up to Kebra Park. And, yeah, the rest is history. Is that where uh, Benji Marshall, was he at Kebra Park? Yeah, yeah. Be- yeah. Benji was at Kebra. Uh, I think there's another player in the grand final mm. that went through Kebra. But Cody Walker, I never realised, he's out of Palm Beach, Corumban. So... Rod Patterson was our coach there yeah. in the 1980s, and he's a real legend on the Gold Coast and played with the Sydney Roosters back in the day. But uh, I would also, imagine I would imagine that Jai would have been in like kindergarten when uh, Benji was going through Kebra Park. Yeah, well, uh, jo- uh, Cody Walker actually came up against Adam Reynolds mm. in the I think it was the Commonwealth Bank final, uh, you know, the Australian final. Uh, and Rod Patterson said that those two were by far the best two playmakers in the country at the time. Yeah, look. Uh, I remember 2005 grand final we grew up going, going for the Tigers and that was probably Jai's favourite player was Benji Marshall and now he gets to play with him in a, in a grand yeah. final so I know he's stoked about that I, w- I want to ask you Ray about um, just in relation to you know his upbringing and you know going through the Titan system uh, heading off to uh, the, the Rabbitohs how he's all fitted in there and you know, Wayne Bennett and what sort of coach he's been for Jai uh, and what it's meant for his game. 
Yeah, when when uh, when Jai was probably 13 years old, I think he, he he went straight up to Brisbane in the development in the development squad, and um, yeah, Wayne Wayne was was the head coach up there then, mm. and um, and you know he has like he was the one who uh, gave him the opportunity to debut in first grade. And that's probably why now you, you see him back together and just get him having one more crack at it before Wayne uh, moves on. But Brisbane, you know, Brisbane probably dead set the uh, that really gave him the opportunity first. You know what I mean? So, yep. And then Wayne uh, Joy got an offer at the uh, Titans, where Wayne just said, you know, I want you um, to make me come back. And. That's what he did, you know. We got him back at Souths. Yeah, fantastic. I have a question for you, right? What's yeah. what's Jai's like pre-game, you know, routine look like? What's the ritual? Does he have any kind of superstitions going into his first GF? No, all I notice now, I don't, I, I don't know much about his superstitions, but I know that he loves to get a haircut. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, had all sorts of haircuts over the years, as you all probably know, but. Yeah, I think he tries to look his best when he's going out there. I, I'm not sure it's worked on a couple of occasions about looking his best. Some of those haircuts he's had, mate, aren't that great. No, well, yeah, the mullet, we all know about that. <laughs> wow. But, uh, yeah, well, he did make he did make a bit of coin out of that for, for Lim Famous. So good on him. So it ended up being a good course. Uh, we're talking to Ray Arrow, his son Jai, about to play in a grand final tomorrow night. A historic grand final up in Queensland at Suncorp Stadium. You know, hopefully we get a bumper crowd up there and everything goes according to plan. Uh, I did see in the paper, Ray, that Jai's bought a brand new Harley. But the great man, Wayne Bennett, Premiership winner in 92, 93, 97, 98, 2000, 2006 and mm. 2010 has told him he can't ride the Harley. Yeah, well, I'm glad I'm glad for Wayne saying that because when he rang me about uh, three or four weeks ago and said he brought a motorbike, I said, <laughs> what'd you do that for? <laughs> so, yeah, well, Wayne, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad Wayne uh, told him, you know, you can't ride it while the semis are on. It was a charity bike, I think it was... Uh, Sold for someone who was sick and they auctioned it off, so I think that's why he brought it too. Oh, good on um, Yeah, but um, yeah, good on Wayne for uh, banning him on the bike because I'm not not a big fan either. Hey, Ray, how many of the Arrow family live on the Central Coast? Mm -hmm. I know you've coached locally at the mighty Berkeley Vale Panthers, but tell us more. Yeah, well, when I, I, I moved back down from the Gold Coast about eight or nine years and I actually got married here nearly five years ago here at Shelley Beach Golf Club. Right. And then I coached a, a Rimba under-18s there a few years ago where we won the comp with Pete Dimmick. And then Alex Moore gave me an opportunity there to be at uh, the, the great Berkeley Vale Panthers. But um, other than that, I've got a brother who's been up here 30-odd years, lives at Matcham. And, uh, of course, uh, my sister-in-law. And how have you found the season... Uh They've played some great footy, the Rabbitohs, throughout the whole season. Um, and, you know, probably along with the Storm and the Panthers have been, you know, the most consistent side all year without a shadow of a doubt. Played some great attacking football on the back of probably Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds and, and what they've been able to do. Latrell Mitchell, who's obviously suspended. But it's their Ford pack who has led the way for them. Uh, they've laid the foundation. And Joe's been a big part of that. Um, how do you see tomorrow night's game playing out and what do they need to do to win? Well, the the, the, the main thing is, is just the, the basic things where you've just got to start good, defend good and just keep no errors. That's the, that's the main thing early in that piece and then that, that builds confidence. And, um, yeah, so if they can put it together, 
it's just got to be mistake three. Don't miss tackles. <laughs> And just just uh, turn up for each other. Sounds like he's, he's got, sounds like he's got the same uh, <laughs> playbook playbook as uh, Wayne Bennett. <laughs> just keep it simple. Yeah, well, Uncle Wayne, I've only met Uncle Wayne once, and um, yeah, he's a he's a, a pretty good bloke. Yep. And, and do you know you forget that Wayne toured with the Kangaroos back in seventy? What is it, seventy two? Oh, geez, I, I, um, you've got me on that one. Yeah, there was an article in the paper yesterday, oh. and you forget that Wayne Bennett was a kangaroo originally, and um, uh, I'll have to grab that. It was an article in the Telegraph yesterday. Um, as a family, who do the Arrow family want to thank that maybe live locally, or maybe we've got a lot, a lot of listeners tuning in from Queensland as well? Who's been essential or pivotal on Jai's pathway? Well, mainly, um, uh, well, when we first moved, when I first moved with the Gold Coast, he uh, went to like Palm Beach Primary School, and the teachers there sort of gave him a go, an opportunity to play football. But uh, most definitely is probably uh, Kurt Richards, who's at Brisbane Broncos now. He's the one who, uh, you know, lured Jai to Kibra Park, and then took him to Brisbane Broncos as a, you know, as a player. So, yeah, and Greg Lenton, of course, and and Cambo from um, from Kibra Park, but. You know, Wayne and uh, obviously um, Kurt Richards are, uh, have had a big play in the, what, where Jai's been. You know, Steve-O went to uh, Palm Beach Primary and uh, I, I think there should be a statue out the front. Of, of, Palm- uh, of Steve-O? Yeah, with a microphone in hand. Yeah, I, no, it's fair enough. Oh, I thought it was going to be an 800 meter runner, that's all. Yeah, yeah, well, um, I can tell you a few stories. <laughs> I'm sure I have no doubt. <laughs> uh, I just want to touch on... Um, you, you're not going to be able to get there to the game tomorrow no, night. Obviously, no, it's up in Suncorp. COVID doesn't allow you to do that. How does that make you feel? Because I would imagine that, you know what, I've got kids who are playing sport and whatever else, and, you know, there's nothing like being there at the game and, you know, to support your kids and whatever else. But it must be so hard for you emotionally to go, you know what, as much as you want to be there, you just can't. Yeah, well, look, probably the last, what, how long we've been in lockdown? Nearly four months, I suppose. Well, I haven't been able to go to a game anyway. I yep. That's probably probably helped me with this uh, not being able to go. But, look, when um, and I know that when you're watching it on TV, Mick, you see a lot more. Yep. Because when you're in the crowd, you know, you're always looking at idiots or people just <laughs> on the drink or whatever they're doing. I hope, that, I hope that wasn't a reference to Steve there. And you don't, but you, but you don't, yeah, you don't see the whole game as much yeah. as what you do on TV. So, look, I'm, I'm quite happy to be at home and, um, yeah, just got all the stuff out the front now, all the Rabbitohs gear and all the banners and the signs out the front. And, um, yeah, and uh, I'll just party on my own. Hey, you know, you know what we have to do? We have to uh, put that, Jess, up on our uh, Facebook and Instagram uh, of... The Arrow household in, in Bado Bay. Yeah. Now, yeah. What, what have you done? Because I've seen in Sydney some people have got... Uh, they've actually painted their front yard red and green. Like, oh, No, I haven't gone to that extremes, but I knew uh, the uh, best signs who make all the stuff for the NRL. Well, I bought a carton of beer for the boys and they give me a heap of signs and photos of the young bloke and the team and Blake Taff and yeah. so I've got them all up on the veranda there for the uh, street to see. Yeah, uh, oh, gee, I hope Blake Taff has a blinder tomorrow night. Central Coast boy as well, uh, La Perouse. Hey, uh, let me just ask you this. You were a star footy player yourself in the Parramatta area where Butte's, you know, Butes can't walk down the street in Parramatta. He's a cult hero. But you, you get you, crap thrown at me, that's why. You've got, uh, you've got all the Rabbitohs gear on. You're decked out. You look like you're part of the team, but who do you actually support? Well, like, the main thing, like, uh, growing up, well, I was always a, a Tommy fan and went for the Magpies. Yes. And then, of course, yeah. the, then they amalgamated. And, 
I had one season down there with in 87 down uh, for Holy Cross Ride. But then I fell in love with the Tigers, so they both amalgamated, mm. so I got the best of both worlds there. But, look, um, it's been pretty hard. Like, Joy's, Joy's just ruined my whole <laughs> thing about football, but I've just got to follow him, I suppose. And, you know, it's... Uh, being a New South Welshman and then having to go for Queensland, it's uh, I've, I've caught plenty. Yeah, but you know you've just got to support your kids and what they do, and yeah, that's basically it. Hey, I'll throw a, I'll throw an arm around you. Go Queensland! Oh wow, <laughs> two versus two. Oh, wow. Hey, uh, but you tonight, we can say to you, Ray, that there's nothing better than watching your kids do something amazing in their chosen sport. We've both been there, and you know, tomorrow night, your son, who's already had a, a stellar career. So much more to come, but tomorrow night he might have a premiership ring and that would just be unbelievable. Yeah, well, you know, we've just got to wait and see the result. He's been, um, yeah, he's been uh, on and off the field. It's been pretty exciting for him. He's, uh, yeah, it's been it's some challenging times, but, you know, the, he's got through all that stuff. And, um, yeah, tomorrow night, well, you know, if the, I, I really think if South can perform, I know Penrith, they're struggling with a few injuries. Um, but you know, as, as you say, it's a grand final. They're not going to they're not going to give up at all. But I think if South can perform to their ability, I, I'm really sure they can um, take it out. Yeah. Hey, how good is Ray Arrow? How about a round of applause for Great our job, Ray. first guest? Good luck to uh, Jai in the NRL Grand Final, and thanks, mate, for coming down this morning. No, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for letting me be here on a beautiful Central Coast day. Yeah. Hey, you're working so well, you might be here permanently. Wow. How, how good? How good is that? Yeah, it was good. I um, yeah, I love the coast, and um, you know, I got as I said, this place you, it's it beats the Gold Coast. Put it that way. I've got a lot of mates I played footy with that are from Sydney that live up here now, and yeah, it's it's fantastic here. All right, off to our first break. Uh, we do it all thanks to Robson Civil Projects, a third generation company, a legendary business on the Central Coast, and also BJ House Meadowland. They're on board the Coast Tradies' Choice for tools, steel, gas, you name it. Check out their uh, website, bjhouse.com.au. Saturdays on the coast on SEN. BJ Howes Metalland, the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhouse.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. We're live from Shelley Beach and it is looking stunning, spectacular. It's a great day, Steve. Gorgeous. Fantastic. You know what? Spring is in the air. It's grand final time. How good is it? And it's a long weekend. Oh, wow. Not that it matters. We've been at home anyway, so what difference is it going to make? Hey, have we mentioned uh, BJ Howes? BJ Howes are on board. Who are they? BJ who? BJ Howes. Yeah. How good. What did I used to Uh, call them? BJ Metalhouse or something like that. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, you know, I've got an idea. Just work with me on this. Yep. W- when we can open up again, and let's hope that's, uh, you know, rapidly approaching, and we won't talk politics on this show, I feel like we should transform BJ Howes into, like, a, a regional fair. I-, I think we have a jumping castle there. Mm. I think we have a Ferris wheel. I think we have... Clowns. Yeah, definitely clowns. Yeah, yeah. Pie throwing in the face. Pie, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, 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 idea. what about a giant slide? Oh, I love the idea. So our people will talk to Steve Dawson and Danny Ells people, and we turn BJ Howes into the hub of the Central Coast. Carnival. Well, what about Dodgem Cars? <laughs> oh, how good are Dodgem Cars? Well, a couple of uh, show bags with, uh, you know, some power tools and things like that. Socket set. Spe- especially for the kids. Power tools for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Can we have a sausage sizzle? 
Because I like us. And what about some former Central Coast greats stumbling around there? Like, uh, you know, maybe a couple of legends from Arimba. BDF. Big Dave Fairley. Big Dave Fairley. First local junior to play for Australia. Mm -hmm. I love it. And we'll do it all at BJ House. And then we'll take the Travelling Roadshow to Robson Civil Projects on top of the mountain. Up at Summersby. Yeah. Yeah, why not? Uh, Good idea. They've got great space up there. Because the other top of the mountain is at Bathurst. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, Lightning Luke King. Oh, there you go. There's another. Oh, he used to bring his simulator. Remember the machine he had? Yeah, correct. Yeah. I used to spend more time on that than I did on the the air. What what about this? We've got a guy waiting on the line who played at the Penrith Panthers. In fact, he's a legend uh, in Panther Town. You played against him yesterday. I did. Tell me more. Well... There was a shout-out to any washed-up has-been who wanted to go down to Terrigal Beach <laughs> and have a bit of a run on the sand. And it was meant to be a game of touch, but it turned into a game of tackle very, very quickly. In fact, after the first uh, first tackle, it was on. So it was the Panthers which uh, versus the Rabbitohs. And I, was, I found myself on the Rabbitohs team. And I don't know whether it's a sign of what's to come, but... I'm just saying that the Rabbitohs won 18-6. We killed him. We killed him. Our man who is on the line, Dave McLean. Are you there, Dave? I am. Good morning, guys. How are we? Mate, have you recovered from yesterday, mate? I put a couple of big shots on you, and I'm yeah, you know, I'm just a little bit concerned that you might be a little bit sore. Well, you know, you know what? And that's all Jamie Goddard's doing. But yeah. no, mate, I haven't recovered. I, I now realise why I retired about seven times. Well, mate, I'm, I'm limping around today, and I think it's because I tripped over your foot. <laughs> well, I may have tripped you a couple of times, who knows. But yeah. I never got paid to tackle when I was playing, so I'm not about to do it now at 47 years of age. That's all I know. Dave, an exciting time, mate. Obviously, the Panthers making the grand final. They've had an amazing two years uh, under Ivan Cleary, and, and, of course, Nathan Cleary being at the club. The junior development program has been outstanding, and these young group of kids that have come through. It must be exciting times for a former player. Yeah, it is. It is. They've um, they've had an amazing couple of years, and um, I mean, you, you've been out there yourself, Mickey. They've got a fantastic setup out there, and a great. They run great programs. Um, so, mate, yeah, it is. It's uh, it's really exciting, and, and what's uh, you know what's really good is a lot of those guys are local juniors as well. That have come up through the um, through the system out there. So yeah, it's it's really really exciting time. I think they're still the youngest team in the competition, aren't they? So they're well, um, truly. They've got a, Yeah, they've they've got a huge future. I think they would have learned a lot from last year as well. Um, yep. So yeah, it's really really exciting. Yeah, so it's second consecutive grand final, and I've heard heaps of talk actually about the fact that they haven't had as much rest or as much downtime as the South. What's your feelings on that coming into tomorrow's game? They both, they both played really physical games last week. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's going to matter. I, if anything, I, I think it might help them, to be quite frank. It's, um, yeah, I, I think it might have, the last couple of weeks have, have steeled them. They've been in really tight competitions and they've managed to squeeze out the... So the positive side. I don't. I don't think it'll harm them at all. I think it'll be good. What do you think? What do you think they've learned from last year, Dave, in relation to uh, their experience um, in the grand final against the Melbourne Storm? They go into this game, and we spoke to Hayden Knowles last week, who's featured in the uh, in, in the papers this week for being on the field far the, too often. The infamous yes. Hayden Knowles. But he, he mentioned about it, and you know, the, just following on from what Jess was saying, that he he has indicated that they've hardened up 
over the last couple of weeks because of the games that they've played. So whilst that physicality has been there, it's actually hardened them and put them in a position where they're back in their, you know, their defence. And we saw that last week with, you know, the number of times that they desperately stopped Melbourne just short of the line. And I think that really puts them in a good position when you come up against the Rabbitohs side who relies so heavily on their attack. It's such an important part that if you don't play your role in defence, then you're going to get uh, points scored against you. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, Hayden, who's another Greystones boy, actually, mm. is uh, is absolutely right. Um, I mean, their defence over the last couple of weeks, and, and the Bunnies as well, actually, but their defence over the last couple of weeks, I've, I've never seen anything like it. They just keep turning up and, you know, there's, there's, in some of those plays, there's centimetres between... You know, <laughs> different in the result of a game. It's uh, yeah. it's been really really good to watch. I think um, what they would have learned from last year, they in, they were a bit overruled. I think when they went into the grand final last year, I think they would have learned a lot, and I think they'll approach this game in a little bit more relaxed sort of manner. I think. I think the big thing for me last year, and I do remember this after the game, seeing Nathan Cleary, and it was probably one of his poorer performances for the year. Uh, and again, that's not trying to be critical. It was just when you look at the season that he had, uh, it was one of his... And you could just tell on his face after the game uh, how disappointed he was. I think, you know, looking at what he's done this year, the way he's going into this final series, the way he's preparing for this grand final, he has learnt a lot. And he, I'm not going to suggest that he needed to learn a lot. I think for him... It will give the his teammates a lot more confidence knowing that he is primed and ready to go for this game. Yeah, I think you're right. He's uh, I mean, he's had that game. He's had a state of origin series. And he's uh, he, he's a natural leader, isn't he? Yes. He's um, yeah. He's I think he's uh, from the outside looking, and he's matured a lot over the last twelve months. He uh, he, he reminds me a lot of uh, of, of Craig Gower. Uh, in the way that he approaches the game, actually. Yeah. That's a good comparison, actually. Uh, Dave, you're Panther number mm. 412. Just tell us what the club means to you, and you wore their jersey over 200 times. Tell us more. Yeah, a lot of a lot of that was in recent reserve grade, but... Um, hey, 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 let's not sell this short. In fact, uh, I, you've opened the door. You do hold the world record for the amount of games in reserve grade. Is that correct? <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> um, oh, look, it, it, I was out there for eight years, so I um, I, I started at Parramatta as a uh, as a junior when Mickey was still there, actually, and um, and then went to the to the Tigers for a year, and then spent a further eight years out of out of Penrith. Um, it, look, it, I, I never followed them as a as a kid, but I do now. It's um, I mean, having spent that long out there, it, um, the, the people were great. The club's great. Uh, yeah, so I, they're, they're definitely my team uh, these days, that's for sure. So I uh, yeah, still get a little bit of a tickle when they win, mate. <laughs> well, we're just looking uh, we're about to go to Jess Grimwood with the next question, surfing superstar. But this is Dave in his, in oh. his, in his playing day. Dave, in your glory day, you have a good... A good wig on there too, don't you? <laughs> I like to, like, I'll, um, I'll mirror, mirror what you're saying about the culture of the Panthers. I mean, I feel like they've become a real fan favourite. I mean, you watch Toto on the 
on the post-game interviews and him, you know, he's such a character. I feel like it's very easy to love them. I feel like even, you know, for me as a South supporter, I just love watching them do, like Nathan and To'o just mucking around doing their post-game interviews. Do you, do you feel like that culture's just really been there from the start from when you played? Yeah, it was a similar culture back then. And it just looks like they're, they're just having fun. They're like an under-16-year-old, you know, uh, team running around on a Saturday every week. They just they just love it. And now I think that's a big secret to their success too, yeah? They just enjoy go. what they do. Hey, Potsy, uh, I just realised we're running extremely late uh, for the news. So, in a couple of words, how much do Penrith win by and who gets the Clive Churchill medal? I'm not a betting man, but I have had a little bet on Penrith this week. And I think whilst uh, whilst I think it'll be a tough game, I think they win 13 plus. Ooh, hello. Wow. And uh, my, my Clive Churchill uh, would be Isaiah, yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, I, I think Isaiah Yeo is a really good pick. I think it'd be, it's going to be out of him or, or Nathan Cleary. The 13-plus, mate, I can see why you're not a betting man because uh, you tend to lose a lot of bets. <laughs> yeah. uh, time will tell how that plays out. <laughs> uh, well done, Potsy. Great to have you on the show, mate. And uh, congratulations on your career with Penrith and also what you're doing with uh, Titan Financial. Uh, awesome to have you on the show, mate. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. Cheers. What a great player. Mm. And uh, he was with you uh, at numerous occasions and, you know, spent some time in the reserve grade, like he said. But, uh, you know, what a club man. Dave McLean joining us, based here on the coast. Uh, my tip for the Clive Churchill, I think if the Rabbitohs win, Cam Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he is going to have a blinder, win, lose or draw. Well, what a player. He's the guy who won alongside you in the trenches. Uh, I think if Penrith win, I think the running game of Jerome Luai... Uh, I think is massive. And it could even be Burton on the left edge. Mm. Like, uh, what do you think, Butes? Well, I'm thinking about Jerome Lua, and we haven't seen probably him perform for... Look, I, I, look, it's been a while for me since I've seen... You know, probably going back to Origin, where he stood out and was actually a, a major contributor. If he's going to do that, he's going to obviously have to turn his form around or, or have a big impact on the game. For me, I, I'm thinking for South, Cody Walker and Cam Murray, one of those two, and I think it'll be Nathan Cleary uh, or uh, but, but, but Isaiah Yo. The other thing I think, it's interesting how we're talking about Clive Churchill medalists. If there was other teams in the competition, in the grand final, like a Manly or a uh, Melbourne, he'd actually be referring to the fullbacks. And if Latrell Mitchell was playing, he would be one of those players that you'd be saying. It's interesting, those two teams, they don't have that standout fullback that has that major contribution like some of the other teams have. Hey, we need to go to the break. Mm. We're going live to California next. Shannon Hughes is there, a commentator with the World Surf League. That's coming up next, Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Metalland, the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. At beautiful Shelly Beach Golf Course overlooking the 18th. Hey, guys, a long weekend in New South Wales. Uh, How good. It's been a long weekend for the last 14 weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Like, seriously. I I know we don't talk politics on this show, but I I knew the motion that we have a long weekend every weekend. I'm with you. I'm with you. And it was sad to say, I know we don't talk about politics, but Gladys, she had to stand down yesterday. 
Yeah. Pretty sad. I think she's uh, done a great job. I, I, I think she's in a massive hole. And, <laughs> so uh, do I. I think she's in a massive hole. She looks like she needs There's no way she would have stepped down unless they've got something allegedly. Yeah. I, I think what, what I did hear this morning was that there was, uh, there's been uh, previous incidents where this type of thing precedents where those that have been under investigation by ICAC have had to stand down. She's insisted it from other people within her party, so she's got to do the same you, thing. You don't want ICAC on your tail. No, you do not. <laughs> no. And, uh, no, you do not. I've been trying if, to if, hide from him for years. If anything allegedly <laughs> took place, then uh, it could be catastrophic. Uh, let's go to Jess Grimwood. We're about to go live to California. We are, Steve. Yeah, how cool. Yeah, we've got a special guest coming in. I'm pretty sure she's on the line. It is the incredible Olympic surfing commentator, the World Surf League commentator, and also a big part of the ISA Games as well. So Shannon Hughes, a good afternoon to you over there in California, standing over from the crew. Yeah. Hey. yeah. Hello. Hey, Jess. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, thanks for being here. I know it's around, it's almost 5pm over there in California. Tell us a little bit about where you're tuning in from. You were saying just before in the little text that there's maybe a little bit of fighter jet action in the background as well Ooh. going on in the Americas. Yeah, so welcome to America. Um, I think that the air show has just finished, but I'm in my hometown in Huntington Beach, California. Um, I don't live here anymore, but I'm at my parents' house for a little while. And... <laughs> Every October, like it's the first uh, weekend of October here, we've got uh, the Pacific Air Show in town, which I haven't been around for in years. I haven't been in California this time of the year. And there's literally just been fighter jets like flying over the house all day. <laughs> it's so hey. loud. <laughs> hey, uh, Shannon, it's uh, Steve here. And uh, I was lucky enough to go to Huntington Beach a couple of years ago. My son uh, went to the University of Southern California. And we went out to Huntington Beach, and we just love that area. And, you know, it's so famous because of the pier, but also for the U.S. Open of surfing. Yeah, it's a really iconic area. I think um, a lot of travelers from, interna like, international travelers, whether they're actually surfers or they're just visiting California, end up coming to Huntington because we have the pier, and there's, you know, the famous Ruby's restaurant at the end of it, and um, the U.S. Open's a major hit for people to visit. I'm glad that you were able to be around for it. Now, Shannon, you've been on the front line for the whole of the year and the biggest surfing events, you know, so far in the season and last season. I mean, you're on the ground at Tokyo. You got to watch the gold medals be handed out. You're on the ground for the world title at Trestles. You saw the world champions being awarded. And you've been um, right in the booth there with the top guns for the US Open, like you said. Tell us a little bit about your experience this year and what you've seen for surfing over the season. Yeah, it's been a pretty incredible year. Um, not where I expected to end up, you know, at the start of 2021, um, but feel very privileged and fortunate to have been able to be there at the Olympics. Um, it was a pretty amazing year. Like, thinking of those three events, actually, Jess, that you mentioned, between the Olympics, the WSL finals at Trestles, and then the U.S. Open, there are three firsts for surfing this year. So for the Olympics, obviously, it was the very first time surfing ever made it there. And so to see surfing elevated to that, that level of competition and sport and the history and the majesty, I think, that surrounds the Olympics. It was a really incredible thing to be able to witness um, our friends there competing and walking home with Olympic medals. And then for the WSL finals, it was the first time that they had that format for crowning a world champion in a one-day event. So that was a really special and unique change to the WSL side of things. And then the U.S. Open was like the first major Challenger Series event for the year where like we're going to see the next 
year's qualifiers competing and trying to gain that ground um, amongst the surfers that haven't yet made it to the championship tour. So it was, I've, I'm feeling very, um, very, it's, it's been a very special run of events for sure. Yeah, for sure. It's been, like you said, it's been a first for so many things of surfing. It's been a huge year and especially for the Americans too. I mean, you guys are leading the stands in the women's rankings, like hugely. You've taken the world title, you've taken the gold, you're in the top four spots in the Challenger Series for next season. Uh, what's the vibe like on the ground in America? I know you have a lot more freedoms than we have over here. Is everyone really, really getting behind your American kind of onslaught coming onto the tours? Yeah, I think there's been a really good push behind that group, especially on the women's side. I mean, the men have been so strong for a long time, but I think seeing Carissa Moore like dominate with an Olympic gold medal and then to win her fifth world title. And then we just saw Katie Simmers win US Open. She's only 15 years old. Um, she just grew up about 45 minutes south where I'm at right now. And there's a really cool push that's happening um, among that, that crew, some of that younger generation coming out of California specifically. And because the U.S. has been a lot more slack on lockdown and just kind of regulations overall, it's allowed that opportunity for, you know, a lot of the surfers to be in the water all the time. And we've got a lot of international competitors that have based themselves and are able to spend a lot more time here over this last few months. And so the training grounds are just really hot. There's really good coaches around. Um, I think the access to having that sort of opportunity and to having, you know, the best equipment and the best coaches just right in front of them at the moment is really has that advantage for those surfers that are visiting the U.S. and traveling here to compete, but also mostly for the surfers that are homebred here, um, especially coming out of California. It's I, I feel like we're going to see a major shift in UBC qualifying for next year's championship tour, and we could definitely see some California girls on that side, men as well. Shannon, I want to touch on, I want to go back to the Olympics. And, you know, obviously surfing is such, you know, in the main a, uh, an individual sport. However, there was a team event at the Olympics and it was great to see, especially, you know, from our side, the Australians and the interaction they had. And I dare say that was the same amongst all the, uh, the teams or the nations that were representing their countries. What a massive impact that had. I guess, and, and, and I dare say there's probably going to be a flowing effect into the World Tour now and, and whatever else, where these guys are, are, are going to be working together closer, going to be supporting each other. I think it's going to be a real positive for the, the surfing fraternity. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That's actually really good insight because with the Olympic conversation, we suddenly saw Sally Fitzgibbons and Steph Gilmore and Julian Wilson and Owen Wright all have the backing of like the Australian national side of surfing. And they had great, you know, they had access to such an incredible team to travel behind them. And I know Sally Fitzgibbon spoke specifically about having to build in the trust with her teammates. You know, she competes against Steph for her career. And suddenly the two of them had to come together as teammates for Australia, which was a very different uh, approach to competitive surfing than what she had really ever experienced, being that it's such an individual sport. And I think um, it was a pretty cool opportunity for a lot of those surfers that had more than just themselves qualify. Like any of the surfers that had, had multiples qualifying from their nations, they had that team aspect behind them. Um, and we're already seeing that sort of shift coming into preparation and training behind the scenes. That's what I've noticed being on the ground. Um, not so much at the WSL finals because that was still very individual and in that mm -hmm. each surfer was competing for a world title. But at the Challenger Series event at the U.S. Open that we just saw, 
there's a lot of surfers, like the Japanese contingency, they're all traveling in a tight pack and they've got the same coaches. We're seeing that out of some of the Latin American crew. We've got a couple of the girls that are from different nations there, but they kind of had some of that Olympic um, opportunity to travel together as well. And they're on the road now for the Challenger Series. And I think we're going to start seeing a shift in that team dynamic that's going to bring a a healthy change to competitive surfing. And I think it's going to actually help to push the level of surfing that we're seeing out of them as they're traveling together, taking care of each other, but they're also pushing, pushing each other Mm -hmm. to perform the best in the water. Jess, I know you've got the last question. I I thought about this interview last night Mm -hmm. and I thought, you know, my memory, I go back to Mark Richards winning the world title, but I also remember, I remember being on the hill at Burley when Rabbit Bartholomew was chasing a world title against Buzzy Kerbox, Mm -hmm. but there was this, there was this charge of Australians coming through. So I clearly remember Tommy Carroll, Barton Lynch, Damian Hardman, who were flying the flag for the Aussies. I'd like to get your thoughts and also Shannon on the Brazilian charge because mm. it's been similar to that Aussie charge in the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, Shannon, I, um, I don't know what your thoughts are on this actually, but I feel like we're at the end. We're kind of seeing the end results of the Brazilian storm, as they call it, for the men. I feel like we haven't seen the Brazilian storm for the women, but maybe we're getting, like you were just speaking about, that Latin American charge. Um, And those girls, you know, Mimi from Ecuador and maybe Annalie and Daniela Ross is from Peru are part of that group. But, yeah, I I feel like we've seen the end of it for the Brazilians and this is their pinnacle. And I think we're going to see maybe the different nations step up. I don't know what your thoughts are on it, Shan. Yeah, that's an interesting take, Jess. Um, I feel like, you know, speaking to it, specifically the Brazilian storms been present on the men's side, um, seeing... Uh, Gabriel, Italo, and Felipe as the top three contenders walking into the world title this year was crazy. And it just spoke to like the strength of their surfing still, like they're still completely on top. And I don't know the actual numbers, but I feel like the men's championship tour from this last year had like 10 Brazilians on tour, which is like a third of the numbers just in Brazilians. Um, so it's still like a really strong force on the men's side. It's totally different on the women's side. There, it's been really slack there, but it's, I feel like maybe they're starting to get some better coaching and some momentum nationally. Um, but yeah, I feel like we could still see that strength, but again, maybe where we're going to see some of that change in my opinion, Jess is coming more from the way that surfers are going to qualify for the championship tour coming out of this challenger series and those regional spots are now being allocated out to we're going to see different surfers in that uh in those positions to be able to qualify and it's going to it's going to like mute the numbers of the brazilians i think that can get that qualification it's also going to show the strengths of so many other nations coming up but brazil's just been incredible to witness over the last few years yeah, it's so good to hear from, like you said, on the ground. You've seen it all up front all year. I mean, you travel with your husband and your other half, and he's filming. I mean, big hello to Aaron. He's originally a Kiwi, isn't he, Shannon? You guys were living over here? <laughs> yeah, so he's like American uh, by blood, but born in WA in Margaret River and then grew up in New Zealand. And we just moved away <laughs> from uh, Australia. Jess, you know, we were there on the south coast of Sydney just uh, for the last couple of years. Beautiful. Well, we'd love to have you for maybe another little surfing update later on, boys. I don't know how you guys yeah, feel about 100%. it, but it's been incredible to hear from you, Shannon. Standing ovation yes, for you, yes. and thank you for joining us um, all the way from California. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, I tell you, we could speak yeah, to you guys her. Are the best. Keep up the good work. 
We could speak to her all day. Yeah, all fantastic. day. In fact, you and I could just kind of we Sit could back relax. We could backdoor yeah. it. No, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, hand it over to the girls. Uh, we we desperately need to go to a break. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Metalland, the Coast tradies' choice for tools, skill, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back live from Shelley Beach on this beautiful sunny Saturday. The long weekend is underway. It's grand final weekend. Panthers and the Rabbitohs in 24 hours from now. Uh, we're off to the news at the moment. Uh, we're back in the second hour with a premiership winner in 2004, Marco Mealy. Mm. We'll try to track down Matty the Rocket Rodwell. I dare say he's on a golf course. He could be here somewhere. Who knows? We yeah. might actually get him live. That, that's all he's been doing through yeah. the pandemic. Apparently his handicap has dropped dramatically. Yeah, well, that happens when you play every day mm. of the week. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, you know, I feel for his beautiful wife, Re- Rebecca. Like, you know, where's the family time? It's all about rocket time. It always has been, mate. It always has been. Yeah, and uh, also Adam Kwasnick, who's the world's biggest Penrith Panthers fan. He'll join us in the second hour to talk some rugby league, some EPL and some A-League as well on Saturdays on the Coast. BJ Howes Metalland, the Coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Overlooking the 18th green at Shelley Beach Golf Course as Butte mobilises himself. I'm ready to go, mate. We're back. We're back. Second hour. Yeah. You're strapped in. Yeah. Je- Jess Grimwood wearing the Cardinal and Myrtle of South Sydney, sponsored by mm. Aqualand. And how are you feeling? You nervous about tomorrow night? Yeah, I, I get, no matter if it's my team or not, I get that weird, like, weekend anxiety where it just sits in the top of your chest and you're so excited because there's a grand final. I get... I'm screaming, standing on the lounge, yelling, running around the house, running away when I can't stand what's happening. And, yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah, they're, they're up and about, the Rabbitohs fans. Uh, a guy just had a pup with a Rabbitohs hat on. Uh, to the left of us, there's another Rabbitohs hat. They're everywhere, aren't they? In all seriousness. I, I remember when I was playing, we would come up here and play trial matches. And if we come up here to play South Sydney, they were everywhere. Well, there's the guy, the local resident on Twin Bay, and he has the... Um, South Sydney flag, and every week that he that we win, he puts up the opposition on a noose, like a, a plush oh, no, toy no. of the opposition in Jeez. a noose out the front yard. Yeah, yeah. That, that's kind He's of going intense. to going to extreme levels. He's and uh, he also sits on the front with his banjo and <laughs> <laughs> deliverance. Yeah, Almost. hey, hey uh, by the way, we had uh, Ray Arrow come on. He was our first guest of the mm. morning. Jai's dad, who lives around the corner, he's decked out the house and we're going to share that on social media. Yeah, yeah, he sent through a few pics of um, Blake Taff and Jai and the nice printouts. He's got some really good promo stuff done from the guys at the signs there. So we'll show you. He's just up in Bado. So I think he's got the full south going on. I love hearing the backstory as well. And I didn't get a chance to say it, but when they spoke about Jai, in the Telegraph this week, so his old coaches at Kibra Park and also at Brisbane, they said Jai is the guy who will set the tone. Now, I know he's going to come off the bench, Buttes, but they said he's the guy that his work rate is going to be unbelievable when he gets on there, and he will set a platform for everyone else to follow. So it also said for all your Benji Marshalls and Cody Walkers and you know Nathan Cleary, you need players in your team that are going to be getting down and dirty and get the job done. Well, one thing you know about Jairo, when he does come on, the intensity level isn't going to decrease at all, right? If anything, it's going to go up. And that's what you want from your interchange players. And, you know, they, 
they are carrying a, a player like Benji Marshall on their bench who's going to provide so much experience. But he, you know, when you think about other benches and how they uh, other teams run their benches, to be carrying someone like Benji, you need a Jai Arrow on that bench to cover <laughs> and to ensure that he's maintaining that level uh, so that the intensity is up there the whole time. There are so many good stories in this grand final, it South particularly, in, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, you know, in 2010, I know you were going to ask me about any year that, that I've done the grand mm. final. 2010 was a great year because Wayne was coaching St. George Illawarra. Mm-hmm. And at the grand final uh, function, I think it was on the Thursday, the fan day, Wayne came on stage and he gave me just a little nod and wink. And I thought, wow, they're ready for this St. George Illawarra. And uh, they won their first premiership since 1979. That's all it needed, the little nod and the wink. Well, it's extreme confidence. Yep. You know, so he's the master, isn't he? Like, And don't forget, he's going to be... He's probably going to take a year off, isn't he, and then come back with the the new Queensland franchise. Yeah, it's phenomenal when you think about his record, the fact that this is his fifth decade that he will be involved in grand final <laughs> rugby league. Uh, which, again, is just amazing. And, you know, it's a credit to him and what he's been able to do. I mentioned earlier about uh, the article in The Telegraph where it spoke about Wayne being in the 1972 Kangaroos. Mm. The, the player that was reflecting on that was Johnny Sattler. Yeah, right. Okay. And, he, you know, we all know what he did in 1970 in the grand final, playing the game with a broken jaw, two fractures in his jaw, which was phenomenal. His son, you know, in 2003 for the Mighty Panthers, uh, with that cover tackle on Todd Byrne, Todd Byrne, the winger who was the Eastern Touchline running down the Eastern Touchline. That was a, a big, big moment in that game, and obviously the Panthers <laughs> went on to win the game and uh, to secure their second grand final victory. Yeah, and uh, one guy who's hoping they win a third tomorrow night is joining us right now. Now we know him as a Central Coast Mariners legend, mm. but I don't think there's a bigger Penrith Panthers fan outside of Sydney. Adam Kwasnick, uh, standing O for the great Adam Kwasnick. Good morning, mate, and how are you feeling ahead of the big one? Good morning, boys. Yeah, look, super excited. Um, obviously, last year was a bit of heartbreak, but a, a chance for redemption tomorrow night, and uh, uh, it's going to shape up to be one of the, one of the all-time great grand finals, I believe. Um, two two teams in good form, and you know, can't wait for it to kick off. Hey, Quaz, were you there in 91? I mean, were you born? Uh, were you there in 2003? <laughs> I was uh, I was at home. I was eight years old in in '91, and uh, in 2003, um, I was 18, 19 years old, and I, I spent the whole day from 10 o'clock to about two o'clock the next morning at the Leagues Club. Um, yeah, what, a, what and, that was, and you don't remember a thing. <laughs> and 2003, 2003 was the first year that Steve-O hosted the NRL Grand Final presentation. Oh, incredible. Yeah, I can't remember your golden One thing I will say, Quasi, it's, it's not going to be the same in 2021 without Steve-O being there because he really has been an institution when it comes to uh, the grand finals and the grand announcing. So it's not going to be the same, as it's not going to be the same for Sydney Siders with the game being up in Queensland. But we've got two great teams. Quasi, how do you see the game playing out? Obviously, the, the Panthers have had some really tough games, the Parramatta game, then the Melbourne last week, where their defence has stood tall, it's stood true, it has been so intense. Is that Are they going to have enough in the tank to get through this GF? Yeah, look, it's, uh, you know, plenty of questions have been asked during the week, during 
Uh, the last couple games uh, with with Penrith, you know, in Melbourne and Parramatta, um, the, the, the sense that they've been, you know, overworked, that they're tired. Uh, it's a grand final. There's going to be no tiredness. Adrenaline takes over. They're going to be right up for it. We, we all know the old cliche, defence wins titles. Uh, I think their, their defence will hold firm once again. I still think it'll be a tight game, but, you know, I'm tipping them to win by four to six uh, in the end. Yeah, I think yeah, I think if Penrith are to win, you know, based on what they've done defensively over the last couple of weeks, in fact, probably over the last month, and also what they've done in attack or what they haven't done in attack, I think they've struggled slightly in attack. If it becomes one of those games that is a grind, then for me, Penrith will have the advantage. If it opens up a little bit, then South, uh, if they, on the back of Cody Walker, have the ability to score points and score plenty. But having said that, I just think the defence of the Panthers, what they've shown over the last couple of weeks and their ability just to work for each other over and over again just puts them you know, in a really good position. And I agree with you, mate, in terms of it's a grand final. There is no fatigue. You're not tired. You, you know what? You've got one game. You've got 80 minutes ahead of you, and it's the biggest game of your life. You want nothing more than you're going to put everything on the, t- uh, you know, on the table and not leave anything in the tank. So I agree with you 100% there. How do you see, uh, you know, the importance of uh, players like Nathan Cleary, uh, Isaiah Yo, what contribution they have? Obviously, from the South Sydney perspective, Adam Reynolds uh, and his groin injury. Last game too. Last game for South Sydney. And, of course, Cody Walker. Yeah, look, it's star-studded across both sides. There's no question about that. And uh, you mentioned Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds. Well, you know, they're, they're two, you know, halves that, for, for me, have been arguably the best all season. Obviously, Nathan Cleary and Luai, um, they've been a little bit inconsistent of late. Obviously, Nathan holding an injury uh, to his shoulder. But, uh, you know, look, big players step up in big games and, and both sides possess good players and big players. And I'm expecting a, an absolute blockbuster. I just hope the experience from last year for Penrith, um, you talk about Luai and Cleary, I think that puts them in good stead. I think they'll learn from it, and I don't think they'll make the same mistake again. Um, that being said, you know, round one of the finals, um, you know, Souths rolled, rolled Penrith, um, and they did so in, 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 you know, in great fashion. Um, I, I think they'll they'll come up with a plan, and, and I think you know Penrith have to counter it by you know defending well again, and then they have to really use the ball and make the most of of their attack. They've they've been potent throughout the season. Uh, last few weeks have been a bit patchy, but I'm hoping they can turn it on tomorrow night. We're talking to Adam Kwasnick, Mariners legend, who is the biggest Penrith fan outside of the CBD. Uh, Quas, not sure if you've heard the show, but Jess Grimwood, surfing star, has been the... Well, she's been the star of this show. Mm. I mean, it's been a bit of a light bulb moment. Butte and I, we almost left the building because Jess has carried this show and Jess... You've got a few fast facts, Bruce McAvaney style, <laughs> on the grand final. I do, and I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that we got Quaz here talking about NRL too. I think that's a really nice little cross-code special. But, I mean, I was looking deep into the stats this week, Quaz. I had a look. I mean, both Penrith and the South, they both play predominantly on their left edge. I mean, Penrith have 44% um, tries from the left edge and South are 55%. So knowing that going into the grand final, do you think that Penrith are going to rely on just trying to shut down their plays on the left side just to stop that point scoring against them nice and early? Oh, look, I think Souths will have, no doubt have a plan that they're going to shift the ball to the left more often than not, but they'll, they'll mix it up a little bit. Oh, I think for Penrith, they just need to stick solid defensively. Um, 
You know, I think Penrith left there, as you mentioned, 44%. Matt Burton, he's had a remarkable season. He's mm. heading he's heading to Steve-O's Bulldogs. Uh, yeah, yeah, for a, yeah. Keep his tips. Um, you know, they're, they're going to be deadly excited uh, as well, Penrith. Look, I, I'm, I'm just hoping, you know, I, I keep saying it, defence wins titles, and, and Penrith have had the best defence all year, Jess, and I, I really think they're going to stand up for one last game this season and, uh, and steer it home. Well, Butes, it's reminded me a little the last few weeks of the 1980s, Bulldogs versus Parramatta, because yeah. Yeah, I think Penrith win last week is a 10-6. They win 8-6 the week before. And, you know, you could call them, they haven't been dour struggles. They've been edge of your seat, blockbusters in my opinion. I agree. You know what, to be honest with you, those two games, the two most recent games with the Panthers against Melbourne and Parramatta, it has got me back into rugby league. Like, I've got to say, I've been a little bit disappointed with the way the season's played out in terms of the rule changes. Blowouts. Blowouts. Like, it's, you know what? I found myself watching the Matildas play soccer during the Olympics. I found myself watching the Wallabies of course. play rugby union. Right? You watched the Wallabies. But I watched. I actually watched the Wallabies. I know. It's hard to believe, right? But that's how, I guess, how disappointed I was in the game and where it was at, right? Because I had the choice to watch rugby league. I watched the other sports. Uh, the last two weeks have got me back because of the defence, the resilience that these two teams, the Panthers have shown. Uh, and Quaz is 100% right. It is about defence and, and whether you're prepared to you know, do the hard yards and work really hard for your teammates. And the Panthers have shown that they're prepared to do that. Again, you know, I think about... Um, South Sydney and whether they've got that resilience in them. And I know they've been... I think we've got the two teams since about round 13 that have been the two best defensive teams in that period. So defence will determine how this plays out. And, Quaz, you know, again, you can make these analogies with soccer because ultimately, mate, sport is sport, right? And you just know that you've just got to keep working for each other to ensure that you get the job done. Yeah, absolutely. And it all starts, you know, way back in pre-season, you know, going through those tough mm. yards to get the, um, you know, when you're working on defensive shape, you know, you, you're pulling each other in nice and close and, and working for each other. And the end result is hopefully a premiership at the end of it. Um, and these boys, you know, in particular the Panthers, they've been waiting 12 months for, for this game to come around again, uh, two grand finals in a row. Um, and here's one hoping that uh, they can bring it home. Hey, Quaz, can you stay with us? Uh, we need to head off to a break, uh, but we want to talk yep. some EPL, also some A-League, because Storm Rue is on his way back to the Central Coast Mariners. Hey, I think we've just seen the best rest. Uh, mm, I, I think it might be... There. Is that like a mauve? Yeah. Is it a mauve <laughs> colour? Purple? Purpley pink. Alvin Purple is at the golf course on this Saturday morning. At this stage, he's the best dressed. He's my old teacher. That's Mr. Fletcher right there. Mr. Fletcher. Mr. Dave Fletcher. Well, what subject? Uh, I think everything. Life. I'm Maybe sure. life. He obviously, he reckons he hasn't guided me that well because I'm sitting in a South <laughs> jersey. But. We, uh, we might get a report card on you. Yeah, and maybe. You could be held back after this, uh, after this edition. Detention. Saturdays on the coast. Hey, have we said BJ Howes? BJ Howes are back. Oh, how good is it? Well, they, they never left. No, no. I can't wait to go and do a OB from them because they are one of the best. Well, the word is... Carnival. The, well, Carnival. <laughs> so are you suggesting we have some Brazilian-type uh, oh, festivity? I, I think it'd be a great idea. In fact, the dancers in the feather boas uh, and I, all those I things. tell you what else we could have at BJ Howes when we do our first OB there, and we'll be doing them there once a month. Mm. I feel like we should have international cuisine. 
Oh. So right through the day, we'll have food stalls yep. set up as well. Food from <coughs> Borokin, food from Yumina, <laughs> so, <laughs> international so, Central Coast cuisine. So you could grab some Bolle safety specs starting at $14. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the Katana 18-volt line trimmer and blower combo. Just $249 with a five-year warranty. Haven't they got some boots here as well? And then you can grab some Rog and Josh. Oh. <laughs> Actually, i got to head in there and grab an Oxy set off them. I know they do welding products. so Yeah, fantastic. Just, just ask for Steve Dawson or Danielle. That's They'll it. look after you. Yeah, we mm. love BJ House. Mm. We love Robson Civil Projects. I'll tell you who else we love. Whitey's Right Price Tires. Yep. The minute we open up, He's going to be bombarded, so make sure... Well, you don't have to book in. It's first in best dressed at Whitey's Right Price Tyres. Off to a break. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Meadowland, the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Overlooking the 18th green at one of the world's best golf layouts, Shelley Beach, and we've just seen a beautiful putt. Two young ladies on the green, and this young lady at the moment standing over her ball. She has a practice swing. Now she's starting to line it up, and here comes the putt. Oh, and she's nailed it. Well done. Yeah, that Great is. Great shot. Well done. Excellent work. Steve, while we're admiring these uh, young golfers, yes. um, we mentioned earlier that you <laughs> won't be at the GF this year and that you've spent the last, what is it, 21 years? Well, 19, 21, 1999. was the first one, which well, was, of course, Melbourne versus... St. George, Illawarra. Yeah. And Matty Rodwell was there that night, but he was in the grandstand because he wasn't chosen. Yeah. In, in the final side, Mate, the final that, 17. I'm going to throw one at you. I'm just going to test you. I'm going to throw out 2007. 2007. Hmm. So 2007 is one of the premierships oh, that, were, that was taken tarnished. off. Melbourne versus? I'm not great on who they played. Was it? Uh, o- uh, 09 was Parramatta. Yeah, I, I can usually tell you who won it. I'm, sometimes I'm not great on the runner-up. Give me another year. Yeah, Okay. Well, that stumped me because I didn't know 2007. So, Melbourne, uh, let's go 2013. 2013. So, look at Josh. Uh, It's the Sydney Roosters. Uh, 2013. Against two. Do you remember that? 2013. Roosters against... Dragons? No, it wasn't against the Dragons. Or the Bulldogs. (laughs) No, Bulldogs played in 2012 and 2014. Uh, One of them, Josh Kind, our technical whiz is here. The Eagles. You were there that night when James Graham and Sam Burgess collided at ANZ Stadium. Yeah, it was a great, I mean, it was a, it was a great grand final to go to, but it was a great night in 2014. Was the Roosters against uh, the Warriors? Roosters versus the Sea Eagles. It was. In 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm not good on who the runner-up is, but there I can tell you every premiership winner since the 70s. Yeah. Wow, that's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah, and give me another year. Give me another year. Mate, I'll give you a year. 1972. 1972. You had a lot of teams that went back to back. So the Rabbitohs won in 70 and 71. Yeah. Manly win in 72 and 73. There you go. Uh, Roosters win in, or Easts win in 74, 75. 76. 76. Would that have been Manly? 77 and 79 is St. George. St. George. Was Manly 76 or no? Yes. Yes, it was. 78. 
78 is Manly, Manly again. again. Yeah. 1980s, the Bulldogs. Then it becomes really easy. Yeah. So the, the entertainers in 1980. Well, sorry? 81, 82, 83 is Parramatta. 84, 85 is the Bulldogs. 86 is Parramatta. 87 is Manly. Correct. At the SCG. Correct. Last game. 80, 88 is the Bulldogs. Versus Balmain, I was a Balmain support, 89. And that's the, the first one at the Sydney Football Stadium. Yes, 89 was the Raiders, and then 1990 was the Raiders again, back-to-back. Back. Yeah. Yeah, 91 great, Panthers, great their stuff, first Luke. grand final, 1991, 30 years ago. Are they going to do the same? Is history going to repeat itself? Because they had to lose one back in 1990 <laughs> to win one in 1991. Well, you know, my intel is that Barry O'Farrell got boned in 2014 and the Rabbitohs win. Ooh. And Gladys steps down. Is it the year of the Rabbitohs wow. yet again? I think it is. I think it is. There we go. <laughs> and what was 2014 like for you? For, for me personally, I mean, it was it was a great year overall. I mean, for, for the Bunnies, it was it was it was a great year. It was a great grand final, and it was just something awesome to be part of. Yeah, we got another Rabbitohs supporter back at headquarters. Adam Staples, were you there in 2014 as well? Uh, unfortunately, I didn't get down to the ground, but I was watching every minute of it on the couch, jumping up and down when Greg Inglis scored that final try to put it to bed. Yeah, oh, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. After well, one of the... so many years, it was great for South to rack up a premiership. Yeah, one of the best grand final try celebrations we've ever seen. Let's... Steve, just before we go on, yes. move on. What was the year where the entertainment where we found you down in the mosh pit, singing and dancing <laughs> and jumping around. What year was that? Uh, that was Cold Chisel. Yes. Circa? Circa uh, 2015. 2015. Wow. Yeah. I think you um, left your duties yeah, left the as, ground, <laughs> as ground announcer <laughs> and was in the mosh pit down with Cold Chisel. Yeah. And I actually got to see them do their rehearsal the night before and... To have no one in the stadium and see Steve with his shirt off in the mosh pit on his own. <laughs> I think you know the the NRL presentation. I think it's watched by you know anywhere between two and four million people. But yep. I think more people saw me in the mosh pit with a suit on <laughs> than any other any other uh, moment. But fantastic! I tell you, some of those nights you think about the big moments in sports. So you mentioned the Scott Sattler tackle. Mm. You're there for when Benji does the flick pass in 2005 for the West Tigers. You know, you see JT's sideline conversion where he hits the upright mm -hmm. and he misses, but then sends over a wobbly old field goal to down the Broncos yep. for the Cowboys' first ever premiership. A year after that... So the Sharks. A year after that, Cronulla win for the first time, turn the porch lights off because the trophy's coming, coming home. home. Here it is. Yeah, yeah. So Big moment. Andrew Eddinghausen embracing poor gallon. Tears flowing. Yeah, it was massive. Yeah. Hey, let's go back to Quaz. Uh, thanks, mate, for waiting patiently on the line. What's what's your favourite grand final moment? Have you got one? Yeah, it has to be the Scott Sattler tackle. Has to be. Just unbelievable. That moment of the game, such a such a tight affair, a rainy night, and uh, for him to run down a winger um, and make that cover tackle, it was remarkable. And that's when uh, the party started to happen uh, in, in Panthers League's club. Yeah, I tell you, they were underdogs too because they were up against the high-flying Sydney Roosters. And uh, I tell you who had a blinder that night. He got the Clive Churchill Hooker. medal. Luke Prittis, yep. outstanding. Correct, mm. yeah. Uh, a couple of awesome short-side plays. Um, yeah, what, what a team. And uh, a 
Co- coached by Johnny Lang? Yes, they were. They were, they were. With, um, his son was in the side as well. And we might see a repeat this year. Nathan Cleary, Ivan Cleary. Hey, cool. hey Quaz, I want to talk some EPL because the, the team that I'm, I'm on the bandwagon, Brantford, they pulled off a three-all draw with Liverpool last weekend in the Premier League. And we, you said the wheels might fall off at some stage, but what a start to their Premier League campaign. Oh, fantastic result for them. Um, it was a it was a thriller. Um, they produced, you know, some amazing football up against uh, a Liverpool team that are, are so deadly in attack. Uh, fan, fantastic game. And, you know, you've got to give credit where credit's due. You know, they, they've started this season uh, on fire. Um, and come Christmas time, if they're there or thereabouts, you know, they could be punching for, for a European spot. Who knows? Exciting times for Brentford, mate. The big game on Monday, I believe, is Liverpool versus Man City. What a clash that'll be. 2.30am. Yeah, massive game. Liverpool obviously yet yet to lose. Uh, They've got a bit of a buffer at the the point of the the, the table. And um, an interesting one for me, um, Man City, you know, I I said last week, they don't have a noted goal scorer. Um, They don't have a number nine. They've got... Ferran Torres and uh, Gabriel Jesus both on two goals. And on the flip side of that, you've got Mo Salah. He scored five goals in six games. So I, I think this one, it's going to be a, a telling tale where who's got the best attack. For me, at this point of time, it's Liverpool. Um, you know, I think that all guns blazing. I think they'll get the result on Monday night. i tell you, the other game I loved last weekend was the, the London derby. Uh, you know, two arch rivals and Arsenal jump out of the blocks and lead 3-0 at half-time and go on to win 3-1. Did you catch that game, Quaz? I did, mate. And, you know, I copped so much criticism. Uh, the first first three games of the season, Arsenal 0-3. and three, And, gee, they've turned it around. And then all those Tottenham fans that were bagging me out, they're all of a sudden very, very quiet. Um, <laughs> Three goals in 34 minutes. Uh, the game was put to bed. Uh, they put on a great display, Arsenal. Um, you know, they, they were dominant from, you know, start to finish. Um, you know, and their defence is really coming along. The Gunners' defence, uh, they've they signed a, a Japanese player. Uh, Gabriel has come back into the team. Uh, they signed, signed Ben White, who's a, who's a big, big summer signing. So, um, you know, they're looking the goods. As for Tottenham, who really cares? I think they, uh, well, I hope they keep tumbling. Quaz, we've got the news coming up, mate. I just we're going to go back to the uh, the games uh, tomorrow night. Panthers versus uh, the who are they playing the Rabbitohs? Yes, of course, <laughs> they're playing the Rabbitohs, mate. By how many? And who's your uh, Clive Churchill medalist um, in the big game? Uh, I'm going to go Penrith by six, and I think uh, Nathan Cleary will be Clive Churchill medalist. Well, there you uh, go. You yeah, heard it here first. <laughs> And just one thing, guys. Uh, I, I, did I hear right? Is, is Jess wearing a Bunnings jersey? Is that right? <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> I that sure is, am, guys. What, what is going on there? <laughs> I'll make sure if I ever, ever ever get to make you another vanilla latte, I'll give you a little special sprinkles <laughs> on the top. What, what are your <laughs> links? What South. are your links to South Sydney? My links? Uh, I think my godfather used to have a run around in reserve grade, and. I just love them. I think they're underdogs. I used to work in the middle of Redfern a lot, so I'd always see them train, and I just, I just froth. I love them. Have, have, have you guys, <laughs> have you it. guys seen the uh, the ad where the young young boy sings the Rabbitohs theme song? 
on Fox Sports. No. It is magnificent. And you can fully understand why someone would follow that footy club. So all around Redfern, they've got murals of past players. Yep. So if you grow up in that in that area, mm. like I, I think it's just, you know, it's like where you follow the same football team as your family. In, in, in AFL. Yeah. I, I think that's what it is. I think they've created that environment down there where that's yeah. how it is. Look, if you're do, born do yourself a favour. Have a look for the young boy singing the Rabbitohs theme song. And, yeah, it, it is brilliant. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. Hey, well done, Quaz. Great to talk to you, mate. Storm Rue is back at the Mariners. That's a great signing. He played over 100 games in the Yellow and Navy and will slot in... Maybe somewhere in that back four. Normally he's a right fullback, but Lewis Miller plays there too. But I think it's a terrific signing. Well done, Quaz, and good luck tomorrow night, mate. Thanks for having me, guys. All the best. All right, off to the news. Mm-hmm. Mark O'Mealy has just sent me a text. He's ready for some airtime. Premiership winner from 2004 with the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. The night Willie Mason won the Clive Churchill medal. And uh, Andrew Ryan hoisted the trophy in the absence of Stephen Price, who was on the sideline. We'll go to a break. We're back in a moment. Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Meadowland, the Coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back. We're live from Shelley Beach Golf Course overlooking the 18th. Another group uh, here on the green. In fact, uh, have they just uh, they finished their round, these guys? Yeah, I think they have, mate. I think they've finished another good round for them. Well done, boys. How are you feeling on the long weekend? And do you support my motion? Not that we talk politics, but if I'm if I'm Premier of New South Wales... <laughs> I, You're a chance. It's vacant at the moment. I move a motion that we have a long weekend every weekend. I'm not against it, I've got to say. I'm, I'm not sure how productive it will be <laughs> from a workplace perspective, but from a mental health, living the good life... Count mm. me in, my friend. Count me in. Hey, uh, thanks again to uh, BJ Howes, uh, who jumped on board, along with Robson Civil Projects. Mm. We've been talking about some ideas for BJ Howes moving forward. I threw in the international cuisine when we're there and Jumping Castle, Ferris Wheel, Dodgem Cars, maybe some Bra- Brazilian-type Carnavale mm. style. What do you think, Jess? Yeah, maybe some of those big feather boa, the dancers, or, you know, those incredible entertainers there in their little Brazilian bikinis. Oh, look, again, I, I'm not going to make any comment. No, no I'm not. <laughs> what about a tra- trapeze artist? There you go. Jugglers. So you can watch all of that while you grab your Milwaukee chainsaw and hedge trimmers that will be on sale. Mm. There's no better brand than Milwaukee. No, they're, they're good, aren't they? You know what? I just wish I had some sort of inkling to get out and do something <laughs> with my hands. But I don't. But, uh, but I, you know... I watch the block and I look at these guys and go, wow, you know what, they're so good. And Jess tells me about her stories when she's on the tools and I almost feel a little bit inferior. You keep your hands in white gloves, don't you? Yeah, yeah, look at them. They're they're precious. You know, like I've been paddling a bit lately, but normally I could be like Ray McKechnio, the hand model. (laughs) You know how George Costanza became a hand model. I'm hearing you, mate. And that's me. Like a screwdriver is the extent of my handyman skill set. Yeah, pretty ordinary. We we say that BJ Howes, well, they've they've been building on the coast for 40 years. Robson Civil Projects, they date back to the early 1950s and 1960s. So we've got two legendary businesses that are a part of this show. And speaking of legends, what a segue to go to this guy. In fact, 
He's the man that set the benchmark in one of the greatest Bulldogs forward packs of all time. And this is a club that goes back to 1935. They've had plenty of good forward packs. Stand as one and let's applaud the great man, Mark O'Mealy. I was saying to Jess uh, off the air that uh, playing with Ogre uh, and he came into the North Sydney side as a 17-year-old. Yeah. He was tough. Um, You know, he went toe-to-toe with some front rowers there. And and his first, I would say, it was probably one of his first five games, within his first five games. He got in a fight at the SFS with one of the Roosters' front rowers. And and I just, I was blown away. Like, he, this is a 17-year-old, like, you know, up against the front rower. who, And they were just going hammer and tongue. I was, like, running off the field crying because (laughs) out of fear that they'd want to pick on me or something. But, like, it was just, here he is, 17. And, you know, he went on to have a great career, represented both New South Wales and Australia. And he's heavily involved now with uh, the New South Wales uh, blue squads, uh, especially the the emerging pathways. Okay, you there? Yeah, I you. Fantastic, mate. Great to have you on board. Um, a big weekend, mate. We're just re- reminiscing about uh, some of your days. Uh, Steve-O was touching on the 2004 Grand Final. Mate, what does this week mean to you uh, as a former player and also uh, a premiership winner? Uh, it's the best, best week of your life. Um, uh Mate, you know what it's like. It's what you live for. It's, it's what you play the game for. Um, Did, people, have you managed to put that ring on this week, mate? Have you been displaying it proudly? I, uh, when we won the Origin Series, I was uh, I pulled out my Origin rings. I was pretty happy about them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I haven't, mate. Uh, I'll probably, game day, I'll probably, mate, I've got it all locked up in the safe. I've got about eight rings, but. I'll, uh, I'm wiping them out, mate. I don't really look at them too much. He's the Liberace of the Central Coast <laughs> when it comes to rings, which is fantastic. But you know what? One thing I do love about this, and you know, I'm never fortunate enough to, to win a premiership, but it's a week where players get the opportunity who have won a premiership to put that ring on and wear it proudly. And, and you know, Butes, you've seen me during the Legends of League that was held on the Central Coast and also in Newcastle. You can see how revered how loved this Bulldogs 2004 team are and yep. also some of the boys back to 1995. And you see just, I mean, you guys literally have been mates for life, that 2004 team, Ogre? Mate, we uh, have our own page, a WhatsApp group. We chat all the time. Um, Fred Sherl and Ronnie Matua just got reinstated back at the club doing some stuff at the pathway. It was outstanding, so a bit of DNA back there. Um, yeah, it, mate... You, well, out of all your achievements, playing for Australia, winning Origin, all that, your biggest achievement uh, is the grand final. Well, that's what you live in and breathe for, is to be winning and, and performing with a group of folks that you made such a great, strong relationship with. Yeah, well, what a team that was. I, I was just saying off the air that it's a team that has Sonny Bill Williams coming off the bench. JT, Jonathan Thurston, also coming off the bench in that team. It was just absolutely amazing. The forward pack, you know, one of the best Bulldogs packs ever assembled. Ogre, can you share the story that you shared on the podcast that I host, where you said that you were driven your whole career because you were kind of told when you were younger that you weren't good enough, and so you spent your entire career trying to prove people wrong? Yeah, when I was younger and coming through, everyone kept saying I had no mobility, uh, I was raw, too aggressive, um, didn't uh, 
didn't fit the mould, like the note of the current game. Um, my leg speed was poor, etc. So I missed out on a lot of uh, junior footy. I, I couldn't get picked up off anyone. Um, so overlooked all the time. Uh, I was lucky for North, Wayne Lampton, seen me play a school game and signed me halfway through the whole match comp. And within two weeks, I was starting and got to play in a grand final that year. Yeah, it's an amazing story, Ogre, when you think about... And, mate, I still remember, like, you know, being at the Bears there and we'd have our club meetings and, you know, there'd be talk about this young front rower who's coming through who would run through brick walls uh, to do anything. And you're right, you know, it was probably... You were one of those front rowers who could have fitted into the 1970s quite comfortably and held your own without an issue at all. But... Um, but what you did was work on your game and you improved certain aspects of your game and continue to do that, to, you know, to the point where, you, you know. Well, yeah, I was told, like, no passing. and So I got an old car tire, a couple of star pickets tied it on a tree and I'd just run beside it and pass and learn how to pass left to right. Um, you know, I just tried to do all the feedback everyone gave me what I needed to work on. Um, and like I said, if it weren't for North Sydney, it would be an opportunity. Um you know, I could have been another statistic, um, and that's what I try and say. I try and say now to the uh, young kids I coach, or because I'm at Newcastle Knights at the moment, uh, doing pathway. Every coach has their own opinion. Just because I have an opinion on it doesn't mean you make it. Yeah. But on one coach's opinion, because everyone has. Hey, Ogre, we want to continue the conversation in a moment. We also want to talk about a incredible fundraiser that you're doing at the moment uh, mm. for a young lady with leukaemia. You will uh, we'll cover that in detail in a few moments' time. Right now, though, we'll go to our final break of the morning. And uh, we do this all thanks to Robson Civil Projects and BJ Howe's Meadowland. It's Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. BJ Howes Meadowland, the coast tradies' choice for tools, steel, gas. Visit bjhowes.com.au. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, welcome back live from Shelley Beach Golf Course, the grand final special. Thanks to all of our guests. And by the way, there's the SEN Catch-Up podcast. Uh, Jess, you said a lot of the people from Surfing New South Wales downloaded this to hear Shannon mm. Hughes from California. Yeah, the one particular, we call him Little Matty. He's the IT guru, but he is the biggest sports fan mm. I have ever met in my life and a big gambling man too. So he knows the stats and he was pretty keen on oh, listening. I'd like to think that it, they downloaded the app to listen to us. <laughs> yeah, and the Shannon Hughes interview was a bonus. Okay? Let's just yeah, work true. on that theory. Hey, uh, and a shout out to my beautiful mum who's listening at Palm Beach on the Gold Coast. And uh, mum loves JT and the Cowboys so much that she's been watching the replay of the Cowboys' first ever grand final win against Brisbane. And she was there that night at uh, ANZ. I, I think she said she'd been watching the replay of you doing the post-game celebration. Yeah, she's no. proud of her son. Yeah, no, I, did, I son. didn't do 2015. Oh, right. I did 2003 to 2010 yep. and then 2016 for Cronulla and 2017 for Melbourne. Did they have the male model from Mudgee? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, Ken, yeah 2015. Kenny Ken Suckley Kenny. in 2015. N nothing on Steve Allen, though. I've got to say, nothing on Steve Allen. But he is a legend. 
legend. He is a legend. Hey, let's go back live. Speaking to, of legends. To Mark O'Mealy, Premiership winner in 2004, one of my all-time favourite teams, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, or favourite sides. Ogre, more importantly than rugby league, man, you're doing something incredible, something so special at the moment. Can you tell us more, raising money for leukaemia? Yeah, so not many people know. My wife went through breast cancer for about five it was three years, but then five years until she was cleared. So uh, while all this happened, her best friend, um, Jenny, and I was helping coach through the roosters and the pathways and my boys are playing footy, etc. She would come down from Newcastle, do all the cooking, do everything, help us out. But now her youngest daughter, Grace, is unfortunately in November, got leukaemia. So she had two years of uh, chemotherapy and doing it pretty tough. And... Uh, so they asked me, could I do a charity, do 100Ks in a month, walking, um, just to raise some money. Uh, so I did the 100Ks in about five days, and I ended up getting up to 543Ks. So that that finished on the 30th of... Uh, it finished, like, obviously, two days ago. Um, and then now they've left it open for a month for, for still people to be able to donate. But... Um, how do we do okay. that, Oga? Uh, I've sent Steve all the links and, and stuff like that. Um, yep. The uh, it's called um, you know Big Walk for Little Kids. Um, is the uh, is the page? Um, yep. I don't do much social media, mate, but I, I have put it on Twitter. Um, and you get on there and, and donate. It's for camp quality. Um, I've sent the link to Steve, so he's going to put it up on the. On, on your uh, on yeah, your we will, page, we will mate. share that everywhere. Actually, Ogre, you, des- you deserve uh, well done, a you deserve 543. A Isn't that typical of his oh. personality? Hey, well, why wouldn't he have done 443 more than he should have? Because that's what he did in his life. He kept going and going and kept overachieving because plenty of people said that he couldn't do it. And here he is. If he's given a task of doing 100Ks, he's going to make it 500. So, yeah, great work, mate. Uh, Outstanding job. And, you know, on the Facebook page on SEN this week, I, I threw it out there, you know, who are some of the great sporting families on the Central Coast? And it was after I caught up with Mark McVeigh. Because, you know, Mark played in a grand final for Essendon. He mm. played in the Australian side. Uh, now he's coaching at GWS Giants. But his brother, Jared, premiership winning captain who played over 320 games at the Swans. But I also tagged in the O'Mealy family, not realising Mark's... He's not on social media. But, you know, what a sporting family the O'Mealy's have been over the years, Buttes. Oh, you bet. No doubt about it, mate. And, you know, led by their... their uh Big Mark himself, who's done a, an amazing job and uh, done everything there is in, in, to do in the game. Um, now with the Newcastle Knights. Okay, I guess we're about to wrap it up, mate. But what I do want to get is your view on tomorrow's game. Quick one in probably 20 words or less. Who wins and by how many? Mate, I have to go south for Blake Taft, mate. Young kid I brought through. Yep. Uh, done so much work with him. Um, Oh, he was the same, told him we weren't good enough. I sent him to the Roosters and I had him as a kid. They didn't give him a run. And I got him to North Sydney with Willie Lation. And uh, North, uh, they fell in love with him at South. So, mate, um, one of the best kids I've, I've ever coached. Um, and there you go, what I spoke about. Different people, different opinions. Uh, North had a different opinion and South did than uh, the Roosters.
And here he yeah. is playing in a grand final. Yeah, well done. Great stuff, Ogre. Everyone enjoy your long weekend. Enjoy the grand final tomorrow night. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Saturdays on the Coast Thanks, on SEN.